Welcome to the Transformation Leaders Podcast. I'm Tony Lockwood and I'm delighted that you could join me on this latest episode. Each episode takes the form of a discussion with a leader who openly shares their experiences of leading organisations through the transformation journey. I'm delighted to be joined by Chris Goss on today's episode. Chris will explain more as we progress through the show, but his experience across entrepreneurial and global businesses has informed his style and approach in leading change and transformation initiatives. One of his passions that we discuss at length is the circular economy, an area that I agree with Chris will open up so many opportunities for those of us operating in the world of change and transformation. Enjoy the show. Let me introduce Chris now. Well, hi, Chris. Um, welcome to the Transformation Leaders podcast. It's great to have you here. Um, Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. We always start these by giving you an opportunity to introduce yourself, uh, letting the listeners know more about your background and, and I suppose, ultimately, how you first got involved in the world of changing transformation so that we have the context, context for the rest of the conversation. I'll try to make a long story short. Um, <laughs> I began in manufacturing engineering which has some really interesting aspects to it uh, as you come through the, the, the years of my, uh, management uh, philosophy. Um, and then I, I quickly, almost immediately, was involved in assistant project management of um, factory refurbishments and knockdown and rebuilds and this type of thing. Um, and then I, I went into a period of working in um, uh, communications consultancy and international telecommunications. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, I, I jumped across into uh, automotive right. and mainly uh, global automotive um, uh, industry in the aftermarket. Um, and what I would say is that there are two themes to my my career, and one one is certainly going up from project management to program management, program director into um, PMO leadership and portfolio um, uh, management and then ultimately business transformation. Um, And also uh, the second theme would be working, a a very strong interest in entrepreneurship, startups and entrepreneurship. So even within automotive, there was a lot of uh, market development, um, product development, uh, new opportunities and building and creating things from scratch. So that's kind of a summary. It's, it's interesting, actually, different sectors, but um, that sort of mix of large organisation change and transformation and new organisation, new startup, that type of entrepreneurship. There's, there's, a, there's a crossover between both of our careers. Um, think, oh, all right, both of our careers. I, th- I think there's a crossover between them as well because project management is and program management is about implementing something that doesn't exist seeing the future and the destination um and and creating it and making it happen in uh, bringing people together to to make that happen and entrepreneurship is very similar the entrepreneur sees sees goals that nobody else can see and then has to communicate that through and uh and help everyone else see it and believe it and there is a myth about entrepreneurs that they're high risk individuals they're they're not at all they work very very hard to make the best use of limited resources and to do that they minimize risk yeah so there's a great deal of risk management in entrepreneurship as well as in projects and program no absolutely um although i i find that the um 
one of the big differences about what you do on a day-to-day basis, whether you're uh, scaling up or building uh, a business from scratch, is 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 the same as when you're transforming an organisation from one state to the next. Um, the, the big difference is that you haven't got that big ocean liner that you've got to turn around that you do with a with an established business, um, um, and that sort of change pieces is. is I totally huge. agree. I totally agree, and um, that's one of the joys of jumping out of uh, a global transformation role and jumping into something you can get your hands dirty with, you can see, you can have a tangible, quick result on. So times in my career where I've done humanitarian work in, in, in Darfur, in fact, which is very, which I can talk about as well, um, or I've worked in music festivals, which are startups and tried to get to, nothing focuses the mind more than having 25,000 people arriving at a certain time on a certain day. And yeah. you have to keep them safe and get them processed. So uh, absolutely, I, having that deadline, um, as you say, you know that that deadline is 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 that cliff edge that you don't want to approach, do you? So uh, everyone wants to. You know, it it just absolutely focuses the mind. There's say. no failure allowed. No. But but the serious aspect of this is the refresh. Uh, you, you you get refreshed from doing short, sharp, um, tangible projects uh from time to time uh and then it allows you to take that entire business holistic view back into a a major global organization and really understand people their contributions and all the functions of a business and how how they need to work together and that that really is fundamental for business transformation the the business justification side yeah, well, I, let, let, I'll come back to that because I think it's an area that I'd like to explore a bit further. But um, the first question that we ask everybody who joins, who joins this podcast is how do you define transformation? Um, and it's a challenge. Um, <laughs> I know working in project program, portfolio, all of this, setting a standard understanding of terms and processes is really important. However, there are so many banded around it, it's it's difficult. And business transformation is that. So I'm going to start by saying um, it depends where the organization is starting from, because business transformation can mean different things to different people. And what is a business transformation for company A may not be for company B. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some wonderful um, images used of a caterpillar to a butterfly, or a tadpole to a frog, which is rarely ever used because it's not so pretty. Um, that type of significant transformation, I think, is is super rare. And also, we need to be careful that larger organisations um, become um, transformation fatigue or change fatigue. So yeah. every new CEO comes in and has their agenda and they implement a transformation, but the whole organisation and the people within have seen it and endure it and you know that's one of the biggest challenges so what is business transformation it's definitely in my opinion in the change the business arena it's mm-hmm. not in the run the business yeah um, and being in the change the business arena it impacts or changes the um the business model often the operating model um and 
it straddles multi-functions um, and often multi-countries. So you were you were saying earlier, by as you as you're saying that you know you've worked with large global organisations, and equally you've worked with startups and and and, and different non-for-profit type of organisations in creating something new. And 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 I suppose that's the, that's the commonality, isn't it? It's as you say, it's it's changed the business in terms of the transformation. It's about creating something new or creating something different. Um, which do you prefer? Do you, do, you, do you prefer the global transformation bit, or do you prefer the uh, the startup that sort of uh, entrepreneurial type of business? I kind of use both. I can't. There are there are pros and cons to both. There's a safety and security and there's a, an understanding within a big organization of what you're doing, what you're trying to do. Um, you know you're going to get paid. <laughs> you know you're pretty sure the, uh, the result is coming in. You know, and, um, But then there's, there's, there can be politics. There can be lots of other things that happen along the way. There can be other initiatives. Um, and it, it's, it, it, it is significantly challenging some transformations you can get involved in. So it's not for the faint-hearted. Um, smaller organizations are exciting, um, risk, more risky, even though they reduce risk, but they're, they're more risky from a professional point of view. Um, but it's not just the, it's a different um, gain that you get. It's a different uh, compensation you get from, from working in those organizations because you learn a huge amount, you refresh um, a lot of knowledge and you 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 get those tangible results so it's really uh it's worthwhile it makes you more effective at the next role yes i think now, one could one could inform the other as well can't it it's, I, uh, I definitely and I, I was before sitting down today i was thinking uh, I, I, there's another yin and yang that i do which is um i enjoy recovery programs Right. And I was thinking, what's the difference between a recovery program and being there at the beginning of a business transformation? And recovery is you go in and you you can you can quickly see what's going wrong, and you have a willing audience because they wish to get it right. So you're even though things usually get worse before they get better in a recovery because there's a, it's turning the tanker, as you said. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a nice job to have. When you're running a business transformation, a large organization, you're doing it, it's a multi-year program and you're doing it from scratch, you're the responsible for setting up those, those directions, those controls, the teams, the motivation engagement. And it's always good to keep in mind, coming back to the tadpole and the frog, there's a, uh, the, there's a saying that if you put a frog in cold water and boil it slowly, it will stay there and die yeah. but if you drop a frog in boiling water which i'm not suggesting you do it'll jump out yeah but you are the one who sets those controls up and sets the program up and the cadence and routine sometimes of running a long-term program you might not be the best to see what's going wrong absolutely so it's good to get again experience of both recovery and or setup and run. Yeah. Absolutely, and 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 you're right because it, it one again one informs the other. It, it, you, you know, the more you can get experience of what's gone wrong in um, um, programs that you've got brought in to recover, you can ensure that those things are put in place for stuff that you 
for programs that you've started at the start, uh, from, from the start. And mm-hmm. I think from what I find for those entrepreneurial businesses that are sort of scaling up very, very quickly, um, the 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 routine and the cadence and and the and the rigor of managing that in a structured way is critical for their success. But equally, taking away all the politics, having an absolute clear direction and and a you know a a, a committed um, go live date um, is is lessons that you can take into more established organisations to ensure that they get the momentum as well. And, and I've I found with my career having that mix of and 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 uh, blend of roles has been really insightful and and I think has delivered uh, helped me to deliver more value to the clients I've been working with. I agree totally. It, it, it's really critical. And the, the other thing about um, as you were saying on the journey from taking a startup successful startup through to um, standard processes and repeatability and scale, uh, often the the entrepreneur is not the person to do that journey because so, it's not their kick. And I know you work in, I think, the GC index about defining different people's behaviours and yes. personality traits and professional contributions. And it, it's recognising that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the sign of a good entrepreneur, isn't it? They know when to get out um, and when to, when to pass the baton um, and, and when to when to pull in a professional management team. Entrepreneurs are interesting because you're you're not considered one until you've been successful. Yeah. But serial entrepreneurs, there's a there's a lot of 10,000 hours to do and, and failed attempts before you yeah. achieve that. No, absolutely. I, I always remember the, the, the few years ago there was reading read an article that was saying why why are there so 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 many uh, entrepreneurs that just spring up? Uh, but when you actually look back, they, they haven't just sprung up. They've been working at it hard, you know, failing at it for the last 10 years. But you know, it only comes into the public conscious at the point where they, where they become successful. The overnight success is yeah, really, uh, really real. So you, you were saying earlier that, um, and I know from, from talking to you previously, a lot of what you've done in the past of being with global organisations, working in that global environment, you know, taking those large organisations through ch- uh, through transformation, whether that's in a recovery situation or whether it's taking mm-hmm. them from, from the start. What additional complexities have you found uh, within a, a driving change within a global environment? <laughs> uh, uh, yes, that's a good question. Um, one thing you find is, in general, top teams whether they're all from one country or, or multinational, they're all professional, experienced, uh, eager on delivering. Um, sometimes um, their compensation is not always aligned. But um, so, so you really do get into uh, a, a smaller team of top management executives who are very experienced and also have global experience. And so um, it's not that... Um, challenging to work with and align and, and define strategy and um, you know kick off a major business transformation simply because of their international background. It actually helps an awful lot. Yeah. The, almost the worst thing is to have a single nationality senior management team running a global business. 
and then that that is really you know it's diversity that breeds success more than uh, yeah. more than the opposite so uh, but then when you get down a, a layer and when you get into the different countries you really have to be aware of uh, and listen ask questions and listen to to what the peculiarities or the differences are between each each country each uh, working environment um and and professional culture really um but that adds a richness to it all as well so we we, we can all from a marketing perspective look at markets and populations and uh um valuation and market share and all, all of this but it's the intricacies that make it work and when you're going through change everybody is human that they they have a natural instinct to resist change yeah. um, some embrace it faster than others but um the the challenges i think are really culture and communication yeah. uh, and that's where global organizations try to establish their own culture on that communication piece then what have you learned um, that you can that you can share with with the audience around managing the different communications approaches uh, to align with the different organizations or the different geographical locations or the the nuances of the culture across across the global so, so the best i think the best thing when you're communicating the purpose of a new business transformation you have to be aware of the background of perhaps fatigue or or previous uh, initiatives that may not have been so successful or may have tried to do this. So you have to be aware of the background. And then when you communicate, you have to be aware that you can't simply communicate only in your language um, as you would to other people. So I'm British, communicating something professionally to British people is, is easier for me. Um, but if I gave exactly the same message to a multi-European audience, there would be some people who would um, understand as well. And it's not because of their ability in English, it's, it's that they'd understand as well, but others would receive a translation that would be, um, could be ambiguous, could be confusing, could be against their culture. So you have to be aware of um, how to articulate messages focused on the, the real key commercial or technical aspects or change management aspects without you know, ruffling the feathers of, of different cultures. It's understanding the environment that you're working within. And, and usually the people that understand it better are the people that are working in that environment. So if you're, if you're working from afar, just engage with them and, and, and work with them to understand what will land and how to land a message in the best possible way. And it's listening. It's listening and it's, as you say so often, it's building relationships and, and creating trust. So one, one of the things I want to cover off um, is your interest uh, in the sustainability agenda moving yeah. forward. And uh, you know, I, I, we, we had a chat a couple of days ago and I noticed on, on your LinkedIn profile, you, you're saying that, you know, you believe that to achieve net zero within the next 28 years will be the biggest transformation of our lifetime. So, you know, let's just explore that a little bit more. What, so what, what, when, when you I, I say that, the biggest transformation, what do you, what, what do you mean? Well, I, I think it will be the biggest business transformation of our professional lifetime. I also think it will impact our lives and behaviours significantly if we manage to do it anywhere near successfully. So 
as we know, COP26 was last year. There's a lot more highlight about uh, sustainability and climate change. Um, and uh, now I'm, I'm based in mainland Europe and I have dual nationality. So I'm Irish, British. So um, my life hasn't changed since Brexit. And I'm certainly living within the EU. The EU have have made the uh, made it their objective to become a fully circular um, economy by by 2050. Right. So fully circular, and and they're implementing rules now this year and last year um, in or, in order to achieve that. And these rules impact uh, industry and business and uh, and individuals. So. Um, and their laws, not just rules, sorry. Um, so one I think we, we mentioned was the extended producer responsibility, which, if you like, makes a manufacturer responsible for the packaging and for the product material uh, throughout its entire life, not just uh, I've made this and I ship it out and the consumer buys it and I don't have to think about anything else. Yeah. They, they will be financially responsible for um, the, the, the polluting material. So instead, I think we, we spoke about it, that instead of the individual paying taxes to the um, local town council, who then have to recover all the um, waste material and process it in some way, the financial responsibility will fall on to uh, yeah. individual organisations. And and that's that's obviously an incentive to say to redesign um, their the products and and packaging to be more carbon neutral, and to think about end of life and to understand how to reuse or repair or or to recycle and recycle in a in a low carbon or zero carbon way. So it, it's a massive conversation. Um, the sustainability and climate change um, one. Uh, but I see very much that business transformation professionals are have the experience of implementing significant widespread change through organizations which are both operational and business model. And if you look at sustainability, it's going to impact both of those. Yeah. Um, and the sustainability professionals in the market today, there are not enough of. And we see that, I think, uh, Ernst & Young are looking at um, offering sustainability education to every one of their employees, mm-hmm. every one. And I think they announced that this year. So it's significantly important. Um, there are not enough people with, the, with the, the right knowledge. And the few who are there have you could say being elevated to to high positions and need to be as effective as possible so i i truly see the role of business transformation professionals it will be more and more to help those sustainability directors and vice presidents become effective in the changes that they implement yeah i think you can as you say you can we can lead some of that discussion not from a expert um position of what the solution should be but in the debate and facilitating that debate and challenging and reviewing and helping them to go through that and, process and the impact and the steps and uh, it it's just 
the work that we always do. We yeah. work with across multifunctional experts in finance and IT and engineering and marketing, and we um, align, help to align them in the direction of of the the major initiatives, um, and and to achieve a clarity and a simple message, yeah. and then and then we work to implement that in the most effective way. It's our role to manage the organization through those those yeah. uh, ups and downs of the transformation. And as you say, you know, with that drive towards the circular economy, every organization, irrespective of sector, irrespective of product, they, they will have they will be impacted. I don't think there's any organization if you if you sort of just generally sort of think about well, is it will professional services be 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 be, uh, be impacted? Of course they will, because they get they're doing lots of stuff with and using lots of materials, etc. So there will be some sort of. Um, I heard recently. So I heard recently yeah. that twenty five percent of our electricity needs will be there to hold information, right. which might be emails, which might be whatever professional information you have, data. It can be your Instagram or your yeah. WhatsApp messages, 25% of the Western wow. worlds. It, it, That's it's, frightening, isn't it? It's, so service industries will also be affected. Yeah. If you think of a product like this, uh, it's a mouse, <laughs> you can't see because it's all, but if you think of a product, we will start not thinking because the objective of circular economy is zero waste, zero mm. pollution, zero waste. That's one of the objectives. Uh, we, we have this linear economy today. To, uh, take, make, use, and, and dispose, right? Waste. Yeah. Um, but we want it circular, so it always comes back. So a product will become a material bank. Ooh. Every product, we will know what it's made of, and we will know how to recycle it into new things. Yeah. So at the moment, we throw away, I'm not sure whether it's Europe, I think it's Europe more than globally, 160 million mobile phones a year. Yeah. That's half a billion dollars of of um resources thrown away yeah yeah which which are so costly to to take out of the ground in the first place yeah, yeah. so if we start what they want to do is start tracking what material what products are made of what materials they're made of so that we can easily with digitalization let's say easily identify and know how to recycle it's, it's fascinating isn't it and, and like you say if you you know the the, the, the drive towards um electric vehicles mm. you know take the automotive yeah everything within the car will need to be re uh, recycled and be able to track but there's a big drive to put batteries in cars and actually at the moment we haven't don't have a, a an easy way do we to recycle batteries that's where the the focus of circular economy can be really on design and innovation how do we how do we and every company will have to do this how do we design for end of life yes yeah because at the moment we're taking the cheapest plastic wrapping putting it around a, a lettuce or a cucumber yeah and when that wrapping is disposed of it sits in the ground for two, 20 years or something yeah, yeah so yeah. we need it to last at tops a month but we design it for 20 years because it's cheap yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so and 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 on on what you were just saying, the um, wind power turbines, the blades, many of them are coming to their end of life 20, 25 years, and there was no thought of recycling them. 
So yeah, we've got yeah. all these enormous blades that we can do nothing with. And now they're designing better ones. But it, it, it's everywhere. It's impacting every business uh, because it impacts everyone. So yeah. it, it's so enormous. I really, let's see if that resonates with the audience. Is that an area that you're, 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 you're focusing on? I think I, I have a young son. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of environmentalists who say, yeah, what did you do on your watch when your children grow up? Because it was, yeah. we're, we're responsible for, in some way, responsible for this. Um, so, yes, it would be an area. I think, I, honestly, I think it's as significant as the impact of information technology on business. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that any business transformation professionals will be able to continue for the next five years even without getting involved in sustainability initiatives so i think the more that we as a profession learn about these things sustainability climate change circular economy which is seen as one of the major ways of impacting or achieving carbon zero or net zero sorry then um then yeah i think it's inevitable we're we're involved in it and i'd like to do, i'd like to make a contribution absolutely absolutely so um, one of the things that we, we try to cover off um, on, on, these, on these episodes is one thing. What's your sort of one non-negotiable uh, when, when you're working with organisations to take them on that journey of change, whether it's a startup or whether it's a, it's a big global organisation that you, you're turning around? What's the one thing that you, you always need to have in place for it to be successful? Um. Yeah, here, I would say it's the purpose. You need a single, simple uh, statement of, of what the purpose is, a single story. Because with, with that, it's almost, um, it, it can be carried by many, many people. Once that is clear, once you've got the alignment and the purpose of why, what and why we're doing it, uh, then... Um, then it's certainly something that can run through with consistency into the organization. Um, and I add that with, uh, and it's something I often say uh, in, in businesses, doing nothing has a consequence as well. It's yeah. a choice. So doing nothing will have these consequences, but if we act purposefully and we know what our destination is, our objective is, then that really helps to align and it helps. It, it can be a long, it, it has taken me a year sometimes to, to see the, the aha moment, the tipping point amongst the second or third management levels where they really get it. And then they, um, they are the ones who start repeating it and adding value at a local level. So it's that, that, Defining the purpose is really so important. Yeah, it's that North Star, isn't it? Everything then can be driven towards that North Absolutely. Star. And, and, and people can understand it, they can um, they they can see it and they can move towards it. And 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 I, and I think you're right, that sort of standing still is not an option because the world is moving mm -hmm. forward. Um, so if you stand still, you you're actually moving backwards. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Chris. That was that was really insightful. And um, um, I'd love to, to to explore the circular economy a, a lot more with you, G Course. Uh, I, I agree. I think there is real opportunities for for many people to work with organisations, large and small, 
um, to um, to make the world a better place for our children, as you say. Well, uh, yeah, it, 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 it sounds like a Hollywood song there. <laughs> um, but yeah no I absolutely agree so thank you very much Tony it's been a pleasure and uh, thank you for inviting me to, to talk that's great thank you thanks Chris I think that that was the first time that we've explored sustainability to any extent within the podcast and I agree that we can take the lead in helping organisations to adapt their business models to innovate and to grasp the opportunity that the circular economy will create Ultimately, the core purpose of this podcast is to share proven approaches that can help you successfully deliver transformation within your organisation. The Transformation Leaders Hub is a community focused exclusively on those operating within change and transformation. If you've not checked it out as yet, do so today by clicking on the link in the show notes. I look forward to sharing another episode with you in a couple of weeks' time. Bye for now.